section eighteen of the three impostors by arthur Mackin. this librivox recording is in the public domain strange occurrence in clerkenwell mr dyson had inhabited for some years a couple of rooms in a moderately quiet street in bloomsbury where as he somewhat pompously expressed it he held his finger on the pulse of life without being deafened with the thousand rumours of the main arteries of london it was to him a source of peculiar if esoteric gratification that from the adjacent corner of tottenham court road a hundred lines of omnibuses went to the four quarters of the town he would dilate on the facilities for visiting dalston and dwell on the admirable line that knew extremist ealing and the streets beyond whitechapel his rooms which had been originally furnished apartments he had gradually purged of their more peccant parts and though one would not find here the glowing splendours of his old chambers in the street off the strand there was something of severe grace about the appointments which did credit to his taste the rugs were old and of true faded beauty the etchings nearly all of them proofs printed by the artist made a good show with broad white margins and black frames and there was no spurious black oak indeed there was but little furniture of any kind a plain and honest table square and sturdy stood in one corner a seventeenth-century settle fronted the hearth and two wooden elbow-chairs and a bookshelf of the empire made up the equipment with an exception worthy of note for dyson cared for none of these things his place was at his own bureau a quaint old piece of lacquered work at which he would sit for hour after hour with his back to the room engaged in the desperate pursuit of literature or as he termed his profession the chase of the phrase the neat array of pigeonholes and drawers teemed and overflowed with manuscript and notebooks the experiments and efforts of many years and the inner well a vast and cavernous receptacle was stuffed with accumulated ideas dyson was a craftsman who loved all the detail and the technique of his work intensely and if as has been hinted he deluded himself a little with the name of artist yet his amusements were eminently harmless and so far as can be ascertained he or the publishers had chosen the good part of not tiring the world with printed matter here then dyson would shut himself up with his fancies experimenting with words and striving as his friend the recluse of bayswater strove with the almost invincible problem of style but always with a fine confidence extremely different from the chronic depression of the realist he had been almost continuously at work on some scheme that struck him as well-nigh magical in its possibilities since the night of his adventure with the ingenious tenant on the first floor in abington grove 
and as he laid down the pen with a glow of triumph he reflected that he had not viewed the streets for five days in succession with all the enthusiasm of his accomplished labor still working in his brain he put away his papers and went out pacing the pavement at first in that rare mood of exultation which finds in every stone upon the way the possibilities of a masterpiece it was growing late and the autumn evening was drawing to a close amidst veils of haze and mist and in the stilled air the voices and the roaring traffic and incessant feet seemed to dyson like the noise upon the stage when all the house is silent in the square the leaves rippled down as quick as summer rain and the street beyond was beginning to flare with the lights in the butcher's shops and the vivid illumination of the green grocer it was a saturday night and the swarming populations of the slums were turning out in force the battered women in rusty black had begun to paw the lumps of cagmag and others gloated over unwholesome cabbages and there was a brisk demand for four ale dyson passed through these night fires with some relief he loved to meditate but his thoughts were not as de quincey's after his dose he cared not two straws whether onions were dear or cheap and would not have exulted if meat had fallen to two pence a pound absorbed in the wilderness of the tale he had been writing weighing nicely the points of plot and construction relishing the recollection of this and that happy phrase and dreading failure here and there he left the rush and whistle of the gas flares behind him and began to touch upon pavements more deserted he had turned without taking note to the northward and was passing through an ancient fallen street where now notices of floors and offices to let hung out but still about it lingered the grace and the stiffness of the age of wigs a broad roadway a broad pavement and on each side a grave line of houses with long and narrow windows flush with the walls all of mellowed brickwork dyson walked with quick steps as he resolved that short work must be made of a certain episode but he was in that happy humor of invention and another chapter rose in the inner chamber of his brain and he dwelt on the circumstances he was to write down with curious pleasure it was charming to have the quiet streets to walk in and in his thought he made a whole district the cabinet of his studies and vowed he would come again heedless of his course he struck off to the east again and soon found himself involved in a squalid network of grey two-storied houses and then in the waste void and elements of brickwork the passages and unmade roads behind great factory walls encumbered with the refuse of the neighbourhood forlorn ill-lighted and desperate a brief turn and there rose before him the unexpected a hill suddenly lifted from the level ground its steep ascent marked by the lighted lamps and eager as an explorer dyson found his way to the place 
wondering where his crooked paths had brought him here all was again decorous but hideous in the extreme the builder someone lost in the deep gloom of the early twenties had conceived the idea of twin villas in grey brick shaped in a manner to recall the outlines of the parthenon each with its classic form broadly marked with raised bands of stucco the name of the street was all strange and for a further surprise the top of the hill was crowned with an irregular plot of grass and fading trees called a square and here again the parthenon motive had persisted beyond the streets were curious wild in their irregularities here a row of sordid dingy dwellings dirty and disreputable in appearance and there without warning stood a house genteel and prim with wire blinds and brazen knocker as clean and trim as if it had been the doctor's house in some benighted little country town these surprises and discoveries began to exhaust dyson and he hailed with delight the blazing windows of a public-house and went in with the intention of testing the beverage provided for the dwellers in this region as remote as libya and pamphylia and the parts about mesopotamia the babble of voices from within warned him that he was about to assist at the true parliament of the london workmen and he looked about him for that more retired entrance called private when he had settled himself on an exiguous bench and ordered some beer he began to listen to the jangling talk in the public bar beyond it was a senseless argument alternately furious and maudlin with appeals to bill and tom and medieval survivals of speech words that chaucer wrote belched out with zeal and relish and the den of pots jerked down and coppers wrapped smartly on the zinc counter made a thorough base for it all dyson was calmly smoking his pipe between the sips of beer when an indefinite-looking figure slid rather than walked into the compartment the man started violently when he saw dyson placidly sitting in the corner and glanced keenly about him he seemed to be on wires controlled by some electric machine for he almost bolted out of the door when the barman asked with what he could serve him and his hand shivered as he took the glass dyson inspected him with a little curiosity he was muffled up almost to the lips and a soft felt hat was drawn down over his eyes he looked as if he shrank from every glance and a more raucous voice suddenly uplifted in the public bar seemed to find in him a sympathy that made him shake and quiver like a jelly it was pitiable to see anyone so thrilled with nervousness and dyson was about to address some trivial remark of casual inquiry to the man when another person came into the compartment and laying a hand on his arm muttered something in an undertone and vanished as he came but dyson had recognized him as the smooth-tongued and smooth-shaven burton and yet he thought little of it for his whole faculty of observation was absorbed in the lamentable and yet 
grotesque spectacle before him at the first touch of the hand on his arm the unfortunate man had wheeled round as if spun on a pivot and shrank back with a low piteous cry as if some dumb beast were caught in the toils the blood fled away from the wretch's face and the skin became grey as if a shadow of death had passed in the air and fallen on it and dyson caught a choking whisper mr davies for god's sake have pity on me mr davies on my oath i say and his voice sank to silence as he heard the message and strove in vain to bite his lips and summon up to his aid some tinge of manhood he stood there a moment wavering as the leaves of an aspen and then he was gone out into the street as dyson thought silently with his doom upon his head he had not been gone a minute when it suddenly flashed into dyson's mind that he knew the man it was undoubtedly the young man with spectacles for whom so many ingenious persons were searching the spectacles indeed were missing but the pale face the dark whiskers and the timid glances were enough to identify him dyson saw at once that by a succession of hazards he had unawares hit upon the scent of some desperate conspiracy wavering as the track of a loathsome snake in and out of the highways and byways of the london cosmos the truth was instantly pictured before him and he divined that all unconscious and unheeding he had been privileged to see the shadows of hidden forms chasing and hurrying and grasping and vanishing across the bright curtain of common life soundless and silent or only babbling fables and pretenses for him in an instant the jargoning of voices the garish splendour and all the vulgar tumult of the public-house became part of magic for here before his eyes a scene in this grim mystery play had been enacted and he had seen human flesh grow grey with a palsy of fear the very hell of cowardice and terror had gaped wide within an arm's breadth in the midst of these reflections the barman came up and stared at him as if to hint that he had exhausted his right to take his ease and dyson bought another lease of the seat by an order for more beer as he pondered the brief glimpse of tragedy he recollected that with his first start of haunted fear the young man with whiskers had drawn his hand swiftly from his greatcoat pocket and that he had heard something fall to the ground and pretending to have dropped his pipe dyson began to grope in the corner searching with his fingers he touched something and drew it gently to him and with one brief glance as he put it quietly in his pocket he saw it was a little old-fashioned notebook bound in faded green morocco he drank down his beer at a gulp and left the place overjoyed at his fortunate discovery and busy with conjecture as to the possible importance of the find by turns he dreaded to find perhaps mere blank leaves or the labored follies of a betting book but the faded morocco cover seemed to promise better things and to hint at mysteries 
he piloted himself with no little difficulty out of the sour and squalid quarter he had entered with a light heart and emerging at gray's inn road struck off down guilford street and hastened home only anxious for a lighted candle and solitude dyson sat down at his bureau and placed the little book before him it was an effort to open the leaves and dare disappointment but in desperation at last he laid his finger between the pages at haphazard and rejoiced to see a compact range of writing with a margin and as it chanced three words caught his glance and stood out apart from the mass dyson read the gold tiberius and his face flushed with fortune and the lust of the hunter he turned at once to the first leaf of the pocket-book and proceeded to read with rapt interest the history of the young man with spectacles end of strange occurrence in clerkenwell